Welcome to another episode of First Issue Club, a weekly podcast where we review and discuss the number one issues of the week and hopefully help aid you through the sometimes muddy and murky waters that is the comic book landscape. Michael D. It's episode 19 and we're discussing comics from Wednesday, January 10th. Avengers No Surrender Part 1 from Marvel Comics, Old Man Hawkeye Number 1, also from Marvel Comics, and Harley Quinn, Be Careful What You Wish For Number 1 from DC Comics. All right, so who's in the club today? And if you were going to write a fan fiction, what person slash character would you pick? And what would it be about? My name is Caitlin Morosic, and I've been watching a lot of uh, American history fiction. (laughs) The show Turn, which is about Washington spies. And I would write fan fiction about George Washington and his assistant, (laughs) Billy. Sexy. Uh, they have a lot of weird, tense moments that intrigue me a little bit more than what I'm getting from the show. Okay. And I feel like there could be something there. I may have to create it myself. It's going to be a lot of hot Washington action. Ooh, those wooden teeth. Mm. Chopping down the cherry tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Greg Lichtai, and I would write some very freaky fan fiction of the little toaster that could. I want to see what kind of filthy despicable little incidents that little blanket and toaster can get into. (laughs) Wow. While the vacuum just sits there and watches. This story's heating up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not gonna, uh, well, I'm not gonna lie. I actually have a few chapters already written. So, (laughs) keep an eye out. I might uh, leak some on the Twitter. Please Didn't you already write Garfield fanfic? I did write Garfield fanfic. (laughs) I knew that. It's on my Twitter. It was so good. Yeah. Very depressing. (laughs) Very, very dark. (laughs) Um, Michael DeStacy. Um, I would write fan fiction about Mickey Mouse. In this story, he would pass the mantle of being Mickey over to me. Oh. Right? Because you, you'll notice, I think Mickey, if I had to guess his age, is probably around 30. <laughs> like perma 30? Perma 30? Yeah, like yeah. perma 30. Yeah. Okay. So Mickey has to change every once in a while. Yeah. Like yeah. the Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. But you don't have to kill Mickey. Yes, perfect. So he retires. Yes. I become Mickey, and then I just pick up all that sweet mouse tail. <laughs> a few questions. <laughs> yep. First question, do you turn into a mouse when you pick up Mickey Mouse's mantle? Yeah, for sure I okay. do. So is it like your new name Mikey Mouse? No, I'm oh. Mickey. Yeah, he's oh, still Mickey. Oh, so you actually take on Mickey. the name and everything. Uh, uh, hey, uh, my name's Sam Eubank. My fanfic would be a little Sebastian fanfic. Oh, nice. Um, complete with a uh, triangle romance between uh, a Clydesdale and the uh, the prancer size lady. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> Let's get this. Oh, p- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Killing it. Yeah. What are you going to say? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You ruined that sweet intro. Yeah, blew it. All right. Let's get this podcast started. All righty. Um, I'm Greg Lichtai, and I'll be covering Harley Quinn, Be Careful What You Wish For, number one. Art and words primarily by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palamati. Uh, there's also a couple extra artists on there. Uh, Chad Heroin, Otto Schmidt, and Bid Caldwin. Ben Caldwin. Here we have Harley Quinn frolicking with her cohorts at the beach. Through a somewhat successful blowing up a freighter dumping garbage into the ocean, Harley happens across a genie bottle. 
What follows is multiple misadventures brought on by Harley botching every wish she's granted. Ultimately, because of Harley's impulsiveness and short-sightedness, she causes the genie to lose his powers and become mortal. Now Harley must take it upon herself to get the genie acclimated to his new, shittier life. Before I give it to the club, I have one controversial take on this. Um, this book broke the cardinal rule number one with genies and wishes in that you only get three motherfucking wishes. And she seemed to have an unlimited amount here. Did that bug anybody else? It was the first thing I thought of. Good. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It was kind of annoying. Yeah. From, from day one, from a young age, we're taught that when you find a genie, you get three wishes. It's, it's like the Aladdin thing. You can't raise the dead. You can't wish, wish for someone to love you and something else. Oh, you can't <laughs> wish for unlimited wishes. And this kind of broke that rule. And that kind of... It didn't take me out of the comic. A lot of other things did, but that didn't. <laughs> yeah. There's weirder things in here than that being <laughs> yeah that trope being broken. Uh, that being said, what was um, your guys' favorite kind of wish scenario that uh, Harley came up with? Because she came up with quite a few from being a baby to a member of the Justice League to um, uh, uh, wishing herself a male version of herself. <laughs> to procreate. I think that was probably, if I had to pick a favorite, which sounds weird, that was probably the funniest. Because she can't stand herself. Which I can't really stand her <laughs> as a character. That's why yeah. it was kind of funny. I think, I think, I, and I've said this before to you guys, Harley Quinn is essentially DC's answer to Deadpool. She's kind of that character that breaks the fourth wall um, and is always just getting into these misadventures. And it isn't really a good guy or a bad guy. It's just kind of there to cause, you know, mayhem. I've always had a little bit of a problem with this with this character too. One is that the the voice she talks in gets a little tedious to read. The whole puddin' mm-hmm. shortening yeah. like every other word. Yeah. There's a lot of like poop and piss and yes. vomit in this too. And it's just kind of like it's a lot of gross out jokes. Mm-hmm. Which aren't necessarily for me, but I'm surprised this character is just so generally popular. Do you think this comic is geared towards men or women, boys or girls? That's a great question. Because when I started reading this book, I was like, oh, I didn't really realize that these Harley Quinn comics were, like, partway smut. Like, this was just an excuse for her to, like, bend over and shake her butt and people to make like and come on to other female superheroes yeah like rub her face and other heroes boobs and stuff like that um and i don't know if that's what they all are or imagine so yeah but but it's funny to me that so many like if you go to a comic book convention um like a third of the people there Men and women are dressed like Harley Quinn, which yeah. they did reference in the in the jail scene, <laughs> they did. which I that thought was, was kind of funny. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nod to that. <laughs> there's a scene where they go to jail and there's like forty Harley Quins in there. <laughs> oh man, back to this character that she's like gonna hook up with. That's a male version of herself. <laughs> so so weird. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're like testing out each other's asses. Like, he's patting hers and she's groping his. Soft yet durable. Firm and commanding. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like her male version of herself should be in the band My Chemical Romance. Oh, totally. Like the, I get that vibe of just, like, shitty pseudo-goth, like, emo guy. Yeah, so people think that this style of woman is very attractive, obviously. Part of why they're re- 
the comic so popular, who finds this kind of guy attractive? A My Chemical Romance goth sort of guy. Probably the same Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) All of Craigslist. That's the kind of guy you just see on the ad Uh who puts his penis out. Yeah, all over the missed connections is like this weirdo. We had the same hairstyle and everything. (laughs) I love that. All right, can we talk about this? This is something just generally about Harley Quinn that gets noted in this book um, that I notice a lot is that she's in a very abusive relationship with the Joker. Yes. Um, Kind of an odd character dynamic, especially in modern America. Yeah, and actually that um, issue was tackled, I want to say a year or so ago, because uh-huh. Harley Quinn actually uh, leaves the Joker okay. and just like beats the shit out of him, and that's why we have the Harley Quinn that we have now. She's like trying to go out on her own and do her own thing. That's the whole story arc that these creators started. Yeah. Is that right? Exactly. I think so, yeah. Where she's living single, doing her own thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I didn't know that. I love that. Yeah. Though. I think she still has a complicated with the relationship with the Joker. I don't, they're not together, but it kind of covers that in, in one of the wish things. She wishes yeah. that uh, the Joker is kind of a nicer person to her, and she can't fucking like him because he's too nice. Mm-hmm. It's so... Can't Interesting have commentary. And, yeah. Now, that was kind of one thing that I did like in the the wish where she joins the Justice League and she ends up killing Lex Luthor. And the superheroes are like, why did you do that? That is not what we stand for. And she is like, but look at the city. Look at all of this destruction and how many people he killed. What are you talking about? And I was like, I I sided with her. I was like, yes. Why? Like, (laughs) that's one thing I... I mean, I get it, like the code, you can't kill people, but it's like, come on, this is Lex Luthor. This is and, one instance where right, right, right. Shit and happens. she got rid of him, and they're like, why did you do that? And well, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and isn't it isn't Superman like, but who am I gonna fight now? Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. like self motivated <laughs> right? than anything else. So and she's which just kind like, of? No, he's bad. We kill him. We're done. Which kind of makes Superman the bad guy? Because it's it like does. you're letting all of these people die just because you want to have someone to fight. Yeah. He's fired. He's t- t- afraid of being fired. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need you anymore, yeah, Superman. Superman. You become obsolete. <laughs> but isn't that kind of a common discussion amongst amongst comic book fans? Uh, comic book heroes have this standard of morality. And it certainly hits points where it becomes very trite and hard to stay into a story when you're like, this guy's killing several people and you're just letting him get away. Mm-hmm. Had the chance to stop it all. But doesn't Deadpool point out stuff like that too in your commentary that she's the answer to that? Like kind of yeah, putting it on its side and being like, actually look at this because this is a little stupid. Yeah, I think these characters are pretty much put in there to break the fourth wall and point out the hypocrisies of the superhero genre and the comic book that you're currently reading, which is kind of fun and kind of an asshole move at the same time. Just like, I'm just trying to enjoy this fucking book, Harley Quinn. Like, quit <laughs> making me feel like an idiot for buying it. Uh, was was anyone embarrassed to pick up this book? Yes. <laughs> I've done far more embarrassing things. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, like what? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's dive deeper. Uh, anything, anything that's too much cleave and 
stuff like that. I always feel a little like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm buying this. Like the <laughs> cheesecake like, kind of You put it on yeah. the, like, somewhere hidden in your stack of comics. Like, let's yeah. just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have people over. Where am I supposed to keep this? It's like they're going to do, like, a price check at the comic book shop. Price check on Harley Quinn. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Boobs over my hammy. Yeah. <laughs> We're joking. It's really, it's not that bad. This No. It's, it's a great book, and for fans of Harley Quinn, you're going to love this book. Yeah. Totally. It's going to be very fun. I'm Sam Uick, and I'm covering Old Man Hawkeye, uh, issue number one. <laughs> uh, writer Ethan Sachs and artist Marco uh, Cicchino. In uh, Old Man Hawkeye, we are driving through uh, some gorge in South Dakota, and he's transporting this uh, mutant growth hormone that uh, the Madrix gang is out to get. Um, Hawkeye uh, gets in a bit of a scuffle with them and ends up killing them all except for one. Uh, He misses, and this is kind of the big revelation. Uh, He's old now (laughs) (laughs) i left one survivor damn it i'm getting he's like oh i missed (laughs) and you see the guy running away in the background um but yeah this kind of uh jumps into in into the future uh hawkeye has an ex-wife he has a daughter and his ex-wife Turns out to be Spider Man's daughter. Is that Miles Morales's? I, that's what I'm thinking. I think so. Yeah, her name is Tanya. Um, they they have a daughter named Ashley. Um, you can tell that the 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 relation the father daughter relationship is not very good. She kind of looks at Hawkeye as if she's watched him through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Uh, there's these these South Dakotan sh- police officers and cowboy hats looking over the scene. Uh, we're introduced to what I assume is going to be one of the major villains, uh, Bullseye, who is also aged and uh, has a kind of a cyborg kind of look to him. And uh, Hawkeye, uh, w- we find out that he's got glaucoma. We revisit our our friend Claire Temple, and she diagnoses him with glaucoma. She says he doesn't his eyeball doesn't have much time to live. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah, that was very dramatic. It was so dramatic. If there's and, anything um, you would like to see, go see it now. And then we uh, last couple pages. Uh, the the guy that escaped, uh, one of the Madrix uh, guys. He is wandering through the desert, comes across this pool of water, goes to take a drink, and there is a symbiote in it, and the symbiote happens to be Venom. (laughs) (laughs) So now this uh, Madrix clone is, now, he's Venom. So much to unpack in this comic, right? a lot, a lot in this book. It's interesting to see his character facing vulnerability and struggles um, similar to like Jane Foster's illness, even like the vulnerability of Vision wanting to have a family, or like the couples counseling with Rogue and Gambit pulling from last week. Like, there's a lot of um, it's interesting to see that take on things where they have a superhero's context dealing with things that 
real people are never, ever going to, but then facing these things that real people do. And that is a weird thing to <laughs> try to fit into context like this. And sometimes you can do it really well and it makes for a really good story. Is that interesting to you guys? Oh, yeah, for sure. Totally is. Making the superhuman human. Oh, I, I love that. It's, it's parts of characters that you typically don't see. Yeah. And I'll say that it's a little hard to take seriously when his ex is now dating Ultron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll take what I can get to get a glimpse into yeah, old man hot Yeah, like life. the way she just like hung on him, I was like, uh, or the Ultron's just like leaning on her shoulder. Uh, Hawkeye's wife, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? And they apparently still have Tommy Bahama in, in the future. <laughs> Ultron's wearing this Hawaiian shirt. Oh, God, cargo shorts. He probably listened to, like, Jimmy Buffett, like, in the garage. <laughs> Real parrot head. Yeah. Ultron, even though he's a robot, has apparently aged as well. <laughs> probably talks to Hawkeye's daughter. You don't have to call me dad, but you do have to respect me. <laughs> I love you and your mother very much. <laughs> Where they work? Oh, and there's like there's some cool nods in the garage of uh, Hawkeye's uh, ex-wife. There's a lot of Spider-Man memorabilia mm-hmm. kind of underneath like a car tarp and like on the walls and stuff. So it's kind of cool to see those little nods, like Mike was talking about, those little yep. Easter eggs kind of put in there for people that yep. really do like the series. And like there's a picture of like the kingpin, I think, in, uh-huh. in her daughter's room, which I don't know if that uh, kind of foreshadows that maybe she's gonna be kind of a villain or take like a vil- a villain term because she's been scorned by Hawkeye? I don't think so. I think her and her dad are going to they're going to have some that father daughter like scuffle and they're going to end up teaming up because Venom is on the loose and she mm-hmm. has Peter Parker or Spider-Man, Miles Morales, whoever Spider-Man, she has oh, his blood. Dilly. Yeah, so, so do we assume that Venom, she has I well because she is the daughter of Hawkeye mm-hmm. and Spider-Man's daughter. Yeah. So she has Spider-Man's DNA in her. So Venom is going to be out to get her. Totally. And Hawkeye is going to have to come save her. Yeah, infinite bloodlust for Spider-Man. <laughs> totally. I read it, but... <laughs> I didn't put that together at all. That's totally oh, yeah. what's no, going to happen. When I, whenever that happened, whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever the symbiote took control of him, and I was like, holy shit, he's going to go after Hawkeye's daughter. I guess I should have mentioned this. Uh, we uh, A new club member today, Sam. Oh, um, hi. <laughs> Sam... And Mike D doesn't know this because Mike D is also this. Sam is a big webhead. <laughs> Sam loves Spider-Man. And right. Mike D is also a huge, huge Spider-Man fan. So just watch that Friends. moment. Watch that moment between you two. I was just like, oh boy, we're watching something special here. Swip, swip, my bro. <laughs> we will weave a web of friendship together, my friend. Yes. My spider senses yes, are I, tingling. I, I, yes, I do agree. Neither of us are making eye contact. We yeah. look, we're like looking down and we're like blushing. Will you, will you be my friend? My spider, my friendly neighborhood spider friend. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about um, in the old maniverse? Uh, old man Logan is. God, the I most, hope that catches on. The most popular character. Uh, he made a brief appearance. Um, cool, stupid, don't care. Well, uh, I guess this book is set five years before Old Man Logan, the series uh, timeline. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because yeah. he comes back to the present. So if he's in this old, desolate like world, then mm-hmm. you're right. It would have to take place before his story. So um, 
I don't I I don't want to be honest here. I didn't read old, old Man Logan, so I don't know if there's like some callbacks to that that this is like preluding to. Can I say that I'm pretty sure in Old Man Logan they say he's the last superhero? So there might be a chance that Hawkeye dies at the end of this. Mm. I can't handle that. I can <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> it would just be too much. <laughs> um anyway, uh so <laughs> Oh, sorry, my point <laughs> fucking bored you. I need to cut all of this and make Mike D's voice a horn. Me and I mean, Sam are going to go watch Spider-Man. They're going to, they're, I, okay. Um, I think they're going to try to make, I mean, I don't think. It was now my new best friend is brushing me oh off, God, too. <laughs> Which, by the way, homecoming. Oh, so good. A magnifique. <laughs> yeah. Um. With the old man, can we just change it to silver foxes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that because was a lazy choice. Hawkeye silver has Hawkeye. got such a nice mane in this in this book. Just some like billowing. Like mm-hmm. I wrote that he's a hipster Legolas and Thor combo. Ooh, yep. He also looks like the character in Witcher, that game, that video game. So but much I, like that character yeah. in Witcher. You <laughs> are <Geralt>. right, <laughs> Geralt. <laughs> Uh, oh man, I wish my fan fiction I would have picked was something old maniverse related. <laughs> <laughs> old man Mickey. <laughs> that was the follow-up I was gonna ask Mickey. you. If if you lose the mantle of Mickey Mouse, do you rapidly age? Like what happens? Is this like a Dorian Gray situation or Oh yeah. No, I th- yeah, I think I just get to uh disappear and live my life in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, like Field okay. of Dreams? Yeah, Field of Dreams style, but in Hollywood, whatever the Hollywood version of Field of Dreams. Bye-bye, everyone! (laughs) (laughs) You should do bye-bye, babies. Bye-bye, babies! (laughs) Field of Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk Avengers No Surrender Part 1. Wade, Ewing, and Zub are a trifecta of writers here with art by Loraz. Bear with me here. Marvel almost always has a big event going on that involves a ton of characters that range from popular to incredibly obscure, all-in-one massive, high-stakes storyline. This is one of those stories. It's a 16-parter with one comic out a week until it ends. God, we're so lucky, right? (laughs) (laughs) Another event. (laughs) Another event. Uh, So the... uh, Initial conflict in this book presents itself abruptly when the smartest of our heroes piece together that the entire planet has moved to somewhere else in space. The seismic shift of that move causes natural disasters all over the planet, and from there we jump around different cities, uh, which I, I think is a good device to throw a lot of superheroes at us in a lot of different environments. We see volcanoes, beaches, cities, so on. Space. Space. Oh, basically, if you're playing a video game from the 90s, like where each different level would be, like that, that's how this book breaks out environments. Good call. All right. So I think what's weirder still about this book is partially into this disaster, random heroes and villains become suspended, just like freezing in air, while other random heroes continue on unaffected. And this oddly only passively freaks out our remaining heroes, but it prompts them all to meet, and when they do... It's revealed that an original Avenger named Voyager has finally returned, and everyone is super stoked to see her. But if you read this and felt like a shitty comic book fan because you didn't recognize Voyager, 
Don't sweat it. Voyager isn't currently and has never been a Marvel character until being introduced in this very scene. Oh, shit. Very weird, right? Yeah. That's kind of bullshit. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Such a such a weird thing. So, the, yeah, a lot to unpack here. The first thing I wanted to jump back to was the beginning of the book. This comic starts on a very obscure character, a guy named Living Lightning, who ends up kind of giving us a little narrative support in the form of, like, inner dialogue throughout different parts of the story. I wanted to get into this character. Did you guys know who he was? I didn't even know it was his narrative because this book was more like a research assignment for me and I couldn't follow (laughs) any of it. And so I didn't even catch that. I was more like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Oh, who's this now? Who's this team? That was me. Yeah, that was me too. (laughs) Because the book was like this, during the middle section, I counted. There were 42 different Marvel characters introduced throughout the course of this book. Jesus Christ. Which is quite a few. Um, During this scene where we're globetrotting and the characters are like freezing, I kind of wanted to know what just like stuck out to everybody. There's like so much shit going on in this book. Did you guys notice any connection between who was frozen and who was not? A lot of the people that did get frozen are like, very popular characters that people already know a lot about. And I feel like the ones that didn't get frozen are ones maybe they want to develop more. They're calling in, like, the B, C, D Right, right, right. Yeah. All all the new players. That's interesting. A really good point. Which which makes sense that our unknown guy would be the one giving the narrative mm -hmm. at the beginning of the book because he's Mm -hmm. kind of... Like, now I'm thrust back when they need, like, everybody. If mm-hmm. they need me to come to this meeting um, of super-powered people, then we must be, like, fucked, right? It was very helpful in this book because, you're right, they throw a lot of characters at you. But no matter what, either the superhero says his name or the person around them says their that name. That was insanely helpful. Because, yeah. like, credit to the writers yeah. for, like, <laughs> throwing stuff like because that Because there was a part where... A person was flying through and he did something awesome, and then a, uh, a, I don't know who said it, but someone on the ground goes, "Good job, Cannonball!" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's Cannonball!" Okay, and it helped you just like check off, like, "Oh, that's who that fucking is," because everyone's costume is pretty much different in this. It, you know, they're like new and updated, which Falcon's new costume looks awesome as fuck. Hell yeah! He has those like sweet little black wing things, which is awesome. Now, did you guys look up online what the hell was up with this new character? At the end of the book? No. Um, so. I figured one of you would know, and I was just like, I'll wait. <laughs> I did. Because, to be honest, I didn't know that this is what was going on. And Newsarama, popular comic book blog, had this funny post where they gave, like, Vegas odds. On, <laughs> That's on awesome. Who they thought the character would end up being. Most of it was, like, BS. Um, a lot of it is characters I don't know. They gave the odds of it being a brand new character, 500 to 1. So they feel pretty strongly that it's going to relate back to a current character. The favorite with 10 to 1 odds was Valeria Richards, who is the daughter of oh. Reed and Sue. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So there's um, a comic that I actually read um, that came out maybe six months, a year ago, where the... Fantastic Four kids are, like, floating around in space, and they're, like, messing with, like, creating matter and, like, you know, 
traveling through dimensions and things like that. Stuff they shouldn't be messing with. Exactly <laughs> right. So moving Earth sounds like something you shouldn't be messing with. Oh. oh. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of things that they compared uh, Valeria to this new character, who I guess her name is Valerie Vector. Something they released in like a press statement that this character Voyager was named Valerie Vector. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, life-altering powers. She kind of looks like a female version of Adam Warlock. Does she not? In my opinion, I, she looks kind of like Adam Warlock. I can see that. Who is, at one point... Or Sentry. A super powerful character, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. he wield the Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, he's very mm-hmm. popular during that uh, segment. Yeah. That segment, whatever. <laughs> uh, story arc. Very popular during <laughs> that story arc. We're getting deep into Marvel. <clears throat> into think, the guts and tedium. I mean, I think that's what these creators already did, though, which is probably why this book is the way it is. Yeah. Because th- in, even in the like the editor's notes, they're referencing probably deep cuts like yep. they have their favorite episodes and it's like their top five Avengers stories and it was very clear to me why this book was so dense because they have so much knowledge I so in depth I think this one is going to end up being a real treat for people who are big Marvel fans and you have characters who are messing with the lore of Marvel they've got characters that are in old books that you can only find in like quarter bins of just bargain <laughs> comics uh-huh. like this lightning guy um, so I don't know hopefully it'll be fun and accessible for other people too I, I was majorly like eye roll when I heard that this was going to be like a weekly 16 parter I yeah. was like oh god we're going to have to buy all these comics mm-hmm. I'm totally not going to do it <laughs> and after this one I'm excited to read the second book. Definitely the second book for sure. Do you think that maybe this is like some kind of mind control thing? Because how is it that we don't know about Voyager? Like it's just like, oh, hey, remember Voyager? And we as the reader have to be like, who the fuck is this person? Okay, yeah. And doesn't it seem like that's probably the bad guy? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Totally. I'm, I, um, Go for it. I, I feel like it's going to come out that she is the bad guy. Like, everyone's like, oh, she's back, yeah, original mm-hmm. Avenger. And it's like, no, she fucking did it. <laughs> and she's potentially, like, manipulating these people's right, right, minds. Right. And, like, maybe none of this is even happening. happening, right? That makes sense because we as the reader have grown up with the original Avengers cast, so we're pretty familiar with all of them. And to throw this, like, character in that has been one of the originals since the beginning and... It's kind of an insult to the readers to be like, I don't know who the fuck this is, and yeah. I have no emotional attachment to this person. Yeah. Because it'd be crazy. It'd be something if, like, I don't know, like Storm Storm showed up or, like, some other character that we haven't seen in a while. But to create a total new character and to have other Avengers be like, hey, she's back, and we're all like, I don't know who the fuck this person is. If I wouldn't have Googled it, yeah, I would have had no idea. Yeah. That's a, that's my yeah. take on it. That- oh, did anyone... Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I just picked this up like reading that the the lightning guy at the beginning well he's obviously an lgbtq character um there's like a couple panels where he's flirting with this guy mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's really cool they're gonna bring this guy into the spotlight mm-hmm. and yeah he's like flirting with the cop that uh, right 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 
Yeah, that's pretty sweet. They talk about going to dinner and then in his thought bubble, he's like, or maybe more. He's like, oh, all right. Oh, yeah, go after it, Lightning. Yeah. Keep it in your pants, yeah, human lightning. Oh. <laughs> but no, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, hopefully they will bring that uh, to light a little more. Mm-hmm. But All right. We've now reached that time in the show where it's time to say goodbye. We here at uh, First Issue Club uh, are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency Podcast family. Our intro music is by Primary Color Music. We are recorded at KCUR Studios. Uh, you can reach us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Gmail. Am I missing anything? Instagram. Can't forget about Instagram. Uh, First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Uh, don't forget to find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Um, anything else? Oh, yeah. Oh, and we are edited by the beautiful and buxom Matt Hodap. <laughs> Bellissimo. He's a beautiful baby. <laughs> All righty. Um, do we usually end with something or just say goodbye now? Well, we can't we can't all have Snagglepuss endings? So yeah, that's true. God, man, that Snagglepuss ending was back? full Snagglepuss on <laughs> every episode. No. Boy. Just knocking, trying to get his watch. <laughs> Seriously, my watch is in there. I came back. Is anyone there? Okay, so, so get, get, turn, turn the lights off. Turn the lights off. Get down. Hello? Someone had to just turn the lights off or something. He'll go away. He'll go away. Hello? Okay, we gotta wrap this up. Somebody throw some key litter out there and distract him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Um, I am Greg Lichtai signing off. Michael DeStacy saying bye-bye, babies. I'm Kayla Rossick, and I'll show myself out. And I'm Sam Eubank. Later, taters. (laughs) Ooh. Bye. (laughs) 